Good day and welcome to the Intangible Investor Podcast, where we discuss everything under the sun related to financial markets, economics, and innovation. Today's date is February 4th, 2020. I'm Bryce Coward, Deputy Chief Investment Officer and Portfolio Manager for Knowledge Leaders Capital, and I'm joined by my colleague Stephen Vanelli, Chief Investment Officer and Chief Executive Officer of Knowledge Leaders Capital. Well, today we're going to talk about what is probably the most important worry for financial markets at the moment, which is the impact of the coronavirus on China's economy. Um, just a few weeks ago, it seemed like this thing would 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 pass us by and wouldn't become such a uh, such as large a, a problem for the Chinese economy um, as it appears to be today. And so, we want to dive into the potential impacts of the coronavirus and the quarantine. Um, how those potential impacts might impact the Chinese economy. So Steve, I know you've put together uh, quite a bit of data on this topic, so why don't we start there? Great, Bryce. Um, so I think as most are aware, um, uh, many markets in China have been closed, uh, many of them closed on the, the 23rd of January and just reopened in the, last, uh, in the last 24, 48 hours, depending on the market. One of the more important, two of the more important markets to have been closed were uh, the currency market uh, um, and, and the bond market. We all saw the stock market have, have a big fall, uh, the Chinese stock market have a big fall yesterday, but, but I want to focus on uh, what happened in the currency and, and, uh, and fixed income markets. So uh, the Chinese 10-year bond, uh, the, the, the most recently issued 10-year bond, uh, bond that was issued on November 21st, uh, due to mature November 21st, uh, 2019, uh, it reopened uh, yesterday, down at a yield of 2.82%, uh, um, having fallen from 3% to 2.82% um, uh, as it reopened. So, you know, in addition to having a big move down in, in the Chinese stock market, you had a big move up in the Chinese bond market at the same time. And so you're now at the point where uh, not just U.S. yields, but, but Chinese 10-year uh, uh, bond yields are back to the lows that they achieved in, in 2006, uh, the last time we had a, a global synchronized slowdown. So we're definitely um, on the lookout of, of, of how that could evolve. Um, you know, should we continue to see a drop in uh, Chinese interest rates and uh, a drop in the currency now that the yuan is, is back below seven again, um, we think there's some uh, consequences that, that, that could be in uh, could could be in the offing that that investors should should think about. Steve, before we get into that, I was curious. You know, what what do you make of this big drop in in Chinese yields? I mean, is this a um, is is this a function of of the market discounting a much slower uh, Chinese growth rate? Is it um, is it a panic driven move? What what do you make of it? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, um, we see it also in copper market and oil market, which is relevant for for China given given its manufacturing stature. And, and I've read, as, as I'm sure everybody has, estimates that uh, crude oil demand uh, is down you know, roughly uh, 2 million barrels per day uh, in China right now. So I think it's unclear uh, the, the longer term ultimate ramifications um, uh, of the disruption to business that this may cause. But I think in the, in the short term, um, I think it's causing a bigger disruption to to business than than many people thought, and so um, the drop in in in, in Chinese 
uh, bond yields uh, appears like it would in the United States, a, a flight to safety out of risky assets. Uh, again, uh, many Chinese stocks dropped, uh, you know, we're, we're limit down 10% yesterday. So I think it's a flight to quality on, on the back of uncertainty um, inside the Chinese economy. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so what a, um, let, let's go back to that, that yuan and some of the consequences that, that, they may, that that may not present. Sure. So um, uh, one, with, with falling Chinese bond yields, it, it, it opens up the potential for, uh, for U.S. yields to fall through, through a couple of channels. One, uh, break-even inflation. You know, our models have uh, U.S. break-even inflation with Chinese yields at 2.8. Uh, suggest break-even inflation around 1.3% on the 10-year. Currently, it's at 1.6%. Uh, so, you know, we, we would be on the lookout for possibly some compression and break-even inflation component of the bond. Uh, and similarly, um, uh, the, uh, the term premium is well correlated with the currency uh, and, and the bond market. And so I think that's why you've seen the, the term premium turn around and, and start head, head back down uh, in a negative direction. Um, next, I would say trying to link the, the, the government bond in with the currency, our models would suggest that, you know, at a government bond yield of 2.8%, 2 uh, 2.82% uh, on the Chinese government bond, that the currency should be somewhere around 7.2. So, um, you know, uh, two parallel things. One, possibly a stronger, uh, a stronger U.S. dollar, uh, in particular, a stronger U.S. dollar in, in comparison to a Chinese yuan, um, maybe maybe another consequence that we see here. And and of course, as the Chinese yuan devalues, that's the background music that we had for uh, the equity market sell-off last year in May and in August. And so I think that's something that um, uh, that, that, that we're definitely attuned to. And with that, uh, I think that's why we're seeing uh, a few a few other assets moved. As, as I mentioned, the price of copper has has plunged back down to about 250 a pound. So if we look at the ratio of of, of copper to gold, it's making new lows, and, and that ratio has a really high correlation with U.S. 10-year Treasury yields again. So you know that 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 copper to gold ratio, you know, again has this you know projecting downside target for the 10-year Treasury bond down to say one. Uh, uh, a 135-ish kind of range. Um, and I think it also um, uh, helps explain a bit the breakout in gold that, that, that we see. Uh, in our work, gold is highly correlated to 30-year tips yields. Uh, and 30-year tips yields, you know, have gone from, in the U.S., 30-year tips yields have gone from, you know, 55 basis points to, to uh, you know, the 30 basis points since the beginning of the year. So um, all of this is a pretty consistent picture of, of uh, a bond uh, in, in the United States. Um, bonds and, and gold outperforming stocks year to date. Um, if we see a continuation of, of these trends coming out of China, we would expect that trend to continue. Steve, do you think with the currency uh, potentially going to 7.2, uh, as you mentioned, and and um, you know we've got some other models that that may suggest uh, a, a currency in the yuan uh, yuan relative to the U.S. dollar at, at 7.2, whether it's the copper to gold ratio or just copper prices in general or oil prices, all kind of suggest uh, a yuan um, back down at that 7.2 level. Does that imply a much weaker level of Chinese growth than than what we're seeing currently? Well, I think it sure does, and I think it is probably why. Um, 
uh, the Chinese government came out and slashed the, the bank reserve requirement ratio uh, on the first couple of days of this year uh, down to from 13 to 12 and a half percent. That's another one of our, uh, of our indicators of our models that has a pretty high correlation with Yuan. Um, and, and here again, it would suggest um, uh, the, the model would suggest that the ind indicator level for Yuan should be somewhere around 7.2. So, you know, th this we think is, is, is the primary concern for investors right now, uh, possibly, you know, 3% devaluation on Yuan for, from here. Um, and all the you know deflationary trail of consequences that that, that we've seen play out uh, in the last couple of years. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I've got some interesting stats for you, Steve, and um, I wanted to share those with our with our audience. And that is, you know, a lot of folks are trying to compare the the, the current coronavirus breakout um, with that of the the, the SARS. Uh, uh, epidemic in uh, in 2003, so 17 years ago, and I have. Um, I find I have a little trouble with that comparison. Of course, that that occurred in China as well. But um, you know, back in 2003, Chinese GDP was only um, registering at about 1.7 trillion annually. It was only 4.3 percent of global GDP. Uh, currently, uh, Chinese GDP is about 14.3 trillion, or about 15 and a half uh, percent of global GDP. So almost as big as that of that of the U.S. Um, and at the same time. Exports um, as a percent of uh, partner total exports. So, um, so if China's exporting to, to a group of countries, uh, China's share of those total imports by other countries was only about 17% back in 2003. Today, that level is 55%, meaning that most of China's partners are, are importing the bulk of their uh, cumulative imports from China. So I think this is a much bigger deal than it was back in 2003. Um, and, and the other thing is just geographically, you know, we observed that the, the Yangtze River runs straight through uh, the Wuhan uh, region all the way to Shanghai. And um, an interesting stat about that is that the, the GDP associated with um, Shanghai uh, uh, River port traffic, essentially, uh, is about 20% of China's GDP. So if that's disrupted by, um, by a lack of... Uh, by a lack of, lack of shipping, uh, both into and out of uh, Wuhan, that could have a, a, a real big impact on the Chinese economy. That's an interesting point. I hadn't heard that stat before, Bryce. Well, with that, we'll wrap up today's podcast. Listeners can get more information about our firm, our thoughts on the markets, and our investment products by visiting www.klcapital.com. You can also email us your feedback to info at klcapital.com. Thanks for listening to the Intangible Investor Podcast. This is Bryce Coward and Stephen Vanelli signing off.